Zach, I, I want to introduce to you, officially introduce to you, Nick Winkleman, who is um, someone that I consider a friend. But, you know, uh, it's funny. I, I met Nick. Nick, I, I want to say I probably met you about 12, 13 years ago, right around the time where I opened Drive 495. Oh, I opened Drive 15 years yeah. ago. It was probably right after I opened it. And I went out to API in Tempe, Arizona, and Nick was... Uh, coaching, if, if I can recall correctly, the the NFL. You were doing a lot of work with the U.S. military, and um, API was just such a, a, a at the time. You know, I never really saw anything like that. It was like a Shangri La for athletes. It's now Exos. It's now Exos. Okay, but it was it was a place yeah. where an athlete would show up and they'd get overhauled. You know, nutrition, recovery, physical therapy, um, strength and conditioning. And Nick, um, I think. One- was, and tell me if I'm wrong, Nick. But I read. Were you 19 when you were introduced uh, to that? to that place yeah so I, I met this guy named named guido who's like this crazy belgian guy who turned out to be a, a mentor and now an incredible friend and he um he was working at oregon state university but he knew mark Verstegen back when he was at ipi in voluntary and he kind of pulled out this this trifold when i was 19 just this young uh, snc or aspiring snc student and he said, listen, if you, if you want to be the best, man, this is the guy you got to go work with. So that was my first exposure, yeah, right around 19. That's pretty cool to get on the, uh, get it on the ground floor of something that ends up blowing up. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, in 2006, when I, when I went to uh, Athletes Performance, you know, Verstegen had already had the Sports Illustrated article with Nomar Garcia-Para. He had, he had a number of, of other clients uh, that I think really backed him. And he had just started, you know, the NFL Combine development. So the early signs of success were there. You went on this run with Verstegen, API Exos. Now you're 2016. You go to the Irish Rugby Football Union, and you're working in Ireland. Um, Can I back up for one yes, second? Yes, please, please. What makes you decide to take that job? Yes, like I'm sure you had plenty of opportunities. <laughs> Part of it is is chance. It is being in the right place at the right time. You know, at the time, I, I had worked for Exos for 10 years. And in all honesty, I had literally done just about every job you can there. So by that time, I started to get the sense that, you know what, I think AP has added as much to me as they can right now. And I feel I've added as much to them as I can. When I started to get that feeling that I'm ready for a new challenge, you know, my wife and I had talked about, you know, our kids are young. Let's try to go find something, do something crazy and get out of the country. And then for me, get out of the sport that I was used to. And ultimately, I looked in Australia. I looked in Germany, the UK, I looked everywhere. I did not have any rules outside of the fact that I wanted to find a place that could add value to me, could challenge me, but also a place where I thought I had the tools uh, to add something to them. You said it was different and challenging. And, and you know, I, I want you to open up and try and obviously be honest here, but everyone always talks about how, you know, the U.S. is the best when it comes to strength and conditioning. And no, seriously, was that yeah. the case when you showed up there? Was it almost a new system, a new concept that you were bringing in? Or were you actually blown away by how much they knew or maybe exceeded what we're, what we're doing over here? I get to Irish rugby and our facilities are humble. You know, it's not it's not like we're dealing with the kind of salaries and financial backing and economy of scale, if you would, in the NFL, the NBA, but even Premier League soccer, you see just across the water in the UK. So when you walk in, you weren't necessarily blown away as you might be in a Division One type gym or an NFL type gym or even an NBA type gym. But as I started to get to know the profess- professionals, I was absolutely I was blown away by them because 
even though they didn't have extravagance from equipment perspective, where they had dedicated their time is in understanding the science, understanding how to manage players insofar as how much should they be running, how much load in the gym should they be doing. So the application of sports science and theory and the use of data to manage the players, I thought was, was second to none. When you first got there, there was less emphasis on technology, so you had to just do things differently. And was there just too much emphasis on technology before? Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no I, I think actually the technology that was being used in the facilities was, was probably more progressive than a lot of facilities at the time, even in the U.S. Do you guys use anything to measure? I completely understand if you can't disclose this, so please. <laughs> uh, but do you guys use anything to measure daily readiness by your athletes? I'll give you a day in the life. And, I love and this that. will kind of track That's technology. So when we talk about the morning, players walk in and we have a suite of iPads set up. Okay, so on those iPads, they're going to find their face, right? They're going to hit it. And then once they click that, they're going to get two different areas. One is going to be a wellness survey. And we're going to ask about sleep. We're going to ask about fatigue. We're going to ask about soreness. We're going to ask about any stress that's maybe happening outside of sport. So we have about 12 questions that we ask there. And then we're going to go through some physical assessments day in, day out, looking at ankle mobility, looking at hamstring extensibility, looking at groin squeeze, all those kind of things. And so we, we kind of get those, if you would, subjective and objective assessments. Then the guys maybe go have a bit of breakfast. They get into the gym. From a gym perspective, we use a technology called PUSH. I think a lot of people are familiar with this. So we're utilizing PUSH, which is a sensor that goes on the bar to track not only our loads, but the velocity that we're moving those loads. But we also use their dashboard. So we're centrally collecting all of our strength data, if you would. Is there something, Don, that you th thought that they might be using? Or did you have you heard you, of push? You know, you it, it? It's interesting, and I want to go back and forth with, with you on this, but um, Zach and I have been discussing a, a lot recently about wearables and about you know yes. heart rate variability and the pros and cons and how you know something around your wrist it's it's very difficult to be able to get an accurate heart rate or accurate data but are you guys using heart rate variability in any way or is it something where you're just because at the end of the day everything you're telling me you're doing it in a way is giving you exactly what these wearables are telling yeah. you or, or claiming that or they're saying gonna that they're going to give you yeah. wouldn't that not not matter to a lot of people like i don't really care right now about my grip strength but I, at the same well, time for him it's about performance say, but for, yeah. for, for, for a professional yeah. athlete that yeah. needs it it's totally something that i would i would want well, to know nick, about nick is about nick nick is about every day is about making sure his athlete as as resilient as fast as powerful as strong right. as muscular as possible like you need to make sure that your guys are optimal we're trying to understand where there is objective data that can provide insights and value we want to collect that data we want to integrate it together. We want to tell one story about the player, not just to pull them back, but also to know when we can push them forward. And ultimately, in the world of high performance, that's the balance and that's the battle when it comes to data science and all this freaking information that we collect is how do we use it not only to keep the player safe, but also to know how he can push and develop the player. I don't want to keep hammering this point, but it comes back to accuracy. How do you know which ones are accurate and which ones aren't? Because we've talked to numerous people. Of course, the CEO of Whoop is going to say, uh, wow, this is super accurate. Everybody should buy one. But then we talk to other experts that are like, yeah, it's getting better, but it's really not that accurate. 
So how do you know what to trust and how did you land on push and what is it that somebody that's not a professional athlete but still wants to better themselves daily um, and exercise you know consistently should should get or look to so when it comes to a technology that i'm not familiar with one i go to the research and say is there a gold gold medical grade standard that they can assess this consumer product against if not then you know that you're having to take a lot of things at face value with these companies. And you know that they're gonna be selling you their narrative as much as they are their product. So the next thing I do is, okay, is there an expert in that space who has better insight and less blind spots around that specific science and the technology trying to give me an indication of it about my body? And in the case there, there's both evidence and there's experts. And it just so happens in our guy, Brandon Marcello, he checks both of those boxes. So when it comes to sleep and fatigue, he's the person I go to. And so ultimately, I think that's, that's what we're looking at with any technology. One, can you go to Google Scholar? Can you find the baseline papers that actually look at reliability and validity of these devices and technology? If you can't, can you find an expert that can provide you some level of insight and give you some of the pitfalls that could come in what these technologies are trying to do. What are the typical individuals who are doing GPP training, general general physical preparedness, for the listeners who don't understand the abbreviation, what are they missing from their training regimens? What is that what is that one, two, three ingredients that you see by the common folk that if they just started focusing on a little bit more, they would see a lot more success in their goals? That's a tough question because as you said, there's so many different reasons. People are out there working out day in, day out. And, and one recommendation to one might not be the same recommendation to of someone course. else. And of course. I hate to throw the, the it depends. It depends. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, no, no. That's but a I, big I, F you, Nick. No, it is. It is. I use but it all the time. Don't worry. Let's get, back. No, let's, let's get back to your point, though. And let's really, let's take a deep look. Say what we will about these technologies' accuracy, okay? Say what we will about the data coming off of these technologies and the way it's going to inform a, a superior GPP, you know, preparation phase to give me one or two more percent lean muscle mass than I otherwise would have had. Ultimately, if these technologies are getting me to get into the gym, get more excited about what I'm doing, pay a little bit more attention to my sleep, pay a little bit more attention to my breathing pay a little bit more attention to my body and my mind you know, rather than what I'm doing with my body and my mind every single day at work, you know, I applaud that because the reality is so much of society, unfortunately, is going the other way. You've answered my question because a lot of these wearables are talking that they want to optimize. Yet yeah. everyone I speak to who signs up and purchases a specific band they all have the same answer and it's never about optimization. It's yeah. about, oh, well, you know what? Um, I typically would have two drinks, but now I'm only having one because I know it's gonna mess up my HRV or, or my strainer, et cetera. That's not optimization. If you're talking to someone who really wants optimization, they're doing every inkling in their favor to give them the best opportunity to be 100%. It has to be about behavior. You know, and at the end, at yeah. the end of the day, especially with your product, you know, if we know that the, the best wrist-based heart rate system, which is the Apple Watch, is still on average 21 to 23 beats off, right? At the end of the day, you Brandon cannot be espousing about. accuracy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I got that one from our, our friend Brandon, Brandon Marcel. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't be espousing 
accuracy, but can you be espousing behavior change and how this will specifically nudge certain behaviors? Yeah, but that's 100%. not going to sell units. That's not going to sell no, units, right? Not. So they're not going to be like, look, uh, it's kind of accurate. So you should totally maybe buy it. It's, they're going to say, look, this is totally accurate. It's going to make you live better. It's going to optimize you. That's a terrific word. That's a good buzzword, right? Right. So I can get, but I think it's about educating people to realize that it's kind of bullshit right now. But like you know what? Sometimes, and I'm, I'm sorry that we're getting off of the strength and conditioning talk, no. but um, okay. you know, sometimes... You know, it's always I always get that 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 magic question of well, how much should I be doing this? And yeah. again, my answer is Nick. It depends. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, but at the very Absolutely. least, if you take someone who's sitting on the couch 365 days last right. year, and you get them to break a sweat for five to ten minutes a day, and that's it, right. they're going to get in better shape. So sometimes I, I think, but 99 percent of the country they don't understand that. Right. You know, they're looking at pictures of so-and-so, you know. Don uh, Saladino. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to use myself as an <laughs> of, Rocky, of Rocky climbing up. They, they're, all looking at, they're all looking at video of Rocky in the training montage. Right. And they're like, unless I'm throwing up or training for five hours a day, what's the point? Yeah. And the reality is it's almost, it was a decision that I made. I mean, partially a decision I made with getting on social media was to kind of send that message and try and become a little bit more relatable and tell people it's not always about what Nick's doing with his with with the with the Irish rugby team, yeah, that is, one, is very yes. different. Yes, Makes we are sense. literally, we are literally, literally, we are trying to be the best in the world. Right, one hundred percent. That is the aspiration. That's optimization. And, yes. and we can measure it. We can measure it. Yeah. Right. There's a scoring system. We can do that. For most people, being the best in the world at whatever it is they're doing is not something that is easy to just measure or materialize. And it's probably the shadow. At the end of the day, they want to feel better, look better. They want to have energy, and they want to feel freaking 10% happier. That's what they want. But they think to do that, Don, you've nailed it. They think to do that, probably, based on what both of you are saying, that they need to have the best. They, they need Just so we want the best car, the best watch, the best clothes, we need the best technology solution. Anything lesser is a non-starter, and we all know that's BS. Before we close out, because I know your book's coming out in April, Real quickly, what's next for you? I mean, you've accomplished so much already in the industry. You know, I, I, I'm kind of curious to see what's next in your career because I know this is not all about, you know, this is not all about work and money for you. This is about feeling challenged and it's about continuing to work your way up a ladder right now, which I feel like you've been doing very well over the last decade or so. But what's what's next? I've been doing a lot of soul searching when it, when it comes to the contribution I want to make, and, and I'll be honest, for me, for me, a book is is a huge milestone because uh, you know I like to do things that take a long time that I commit to with everything I have, and I produce something that is going to be everlasting. And I think a, a book encapsulates that. So I'll be honest, that's a big milestone, and I'm going to need to take some time to celebrate that because I have absolutely put everything into this book. And it has brought me to the brink, but I'm doing it not only for myself, but I'm doing it for all those other coaches who are just like me getting into the industry that had all this information on what to do, but so little information on how to do it. Sure. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, social media, uh, where they can learn more about you? Absolutely. So it's, it's at Nick Winkleman, whether it's LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, or Instagram, and that's my current home i'll keep all the updates on on what i'm doing in the book on there i really appreciate this i know you've been on a crazy schedule for you to give us your time right now is really special i'm looking to see looking to seeing you at one of the next perform better summits i know that's not for a while but in the meantime if you need anything from zach and i you, you just hit us with an email yeah. and, we'll, and we'll make sure Absolutely. it gets done. 
Uh, thank you guys for giving a platform so people can share to make others better. Well, this was episode 642. 852. Right, Perfect. one or the other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you can reach us uh, at reps at muscleandfitness.com if you want to email us, reps at muscleandfitness.com. Zach's handle is at Zraz. And Don's is at Don Saladino. Correct. Guys, thank you so much for joining in. If you have any questions, fire them off to us. Trust me, if you didn't, if you don't know who Nick Winkleman is, now you do. Yeah. And um, message him, go check him out. Out and uh, you know it's been a pleasure learning from him over the last decade. So uh, Nick, thanks again, brother. 